Hey, folks. Welcome to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. This week, we're diving into Hispanic Heritage Month by celebrating two people that have each done something that has never been done in Philly. Francisco Garcia is adding whiskey to Philly's repertoire. And Alba Martinez has not only changed her career path towards the greater good, she's also making great music with SEPTA. Yep, I said that right. Stay tuned. But first, a lightning round of Philly faves. And this week's topic is... What will you not miss for Hispanic Heritage Month? Oh, that's a good one. Let's see. Right guy loves soccer. So I'm going to go with the Philadelphia International Unity Cup. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. If you don't know, it's a World Cup style soccer tournament and it's featuring teams from across Philly. And so that's a definitely family friendly event and a lot of fun and camaraderie. We hope it brings more soccer in years to come as Philadelphia fights to get the World Cup here. That would be amazing. You said the World Cup, all I could think of, yeah, that's going to be some good food around that time. And literally, <laughs> that's, that's my pick. It's 2026, so set your calendar. Whatever. Don Latino <laughs> Restaurant Week is in <laughs> Hispanic oh, Heritage it's that. Month. Oh, yes, October lovely. 11th to the 15th. And for yes. all of us who are foodies, this is the perfect way for you to find you a new spot. They are offering, you buy two dinners, you may get a free appetizer or dessert. But just, you know, find the Dine Latino Restaurant Week information on Visit Philly, where I, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Yes. The Puerto Rican Day Parade in Philadelphia, it just is so much fun. And mm-hmm. you think about it on Ben Franklin Parkway and how many families come together and mm-hmm. how proud people are of their heritage. It's just something wonderful to see. You know, there's a lot of parades about culture, but the Puerto Rican Day Parade is tops. Probably the most dancing in the streets of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. dance into this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You may not think of Philly as home to your favorite whiskey, but thank goodness Francisco Garcia does. While most folks look at Philly as a beer mecca, Francisco decided to add to Philly's spirit cred by opening one of the nation's smallest and first Latino-owned whiskey distilleries known as Strivers Row. How and why? Yeah, that's what we want to know. And a whole lot of other whiskey questions. Congratulations for being nominated for one of Aldea's 40 Under 40 for 2021. You're doing big, amazing things, and that's a huge honor. Can we all do a shot to that? Thank you. Oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) How did you get into whiskey, Francisco? You know, it's really something I was really interested in for a long time. I used to be a small business owner, so I actually opened an ice cream shop in Brooklyn, New York, which is where I grew up. But I always wanted to do the distillery thing. Instead, I just felt like it wasn't really possible. You know, you do these tours and they're massive facilities and and you can just imagine what the capital investment is like. And so I stayed away from it. But I think during the pandemic, being home, getting a chance to read some new things. And I picked up a book that really sort of showed me that it was possible to start a distillery in a small way. And and that's how I got it going. How did you get to Philadelphia? I missed that. Sure. Yes. So I grew up in Brooklyn, moved to Philly when my, she's my wife now, but girlfriend then, I got into Temple Medical School and, and we came down together. 
So I've been here for, I've been in Philly for seven years now. Where does your entrepreneurial spirit come from? Because you just told us this is not your first business. So how did you even get started into the entrepreneurial spirit of things? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly a little bit like the names drivers. I'm a Dominican immigrant and we're pretty entrepreneurial. My dad started a business as soon as we got here. So I was around that small business life growing up. And we Dominicans, all immigrants really come here and strive and then find creative ways to make a living. And so I think that's really kind of what inspired it. We know that you're one of the smallest distilleries in the country. So the smallest right now. Yeah. So can you talk about what it was like to first have this business, the location you chose, and then we can Mm -hmm. get into about you moving to a new space and what that means? Yeah. You know, it's a really small world. There really aren't that many quote unquote firms doing it. There's not a lot of clarity on how you get licensed to do it. And frankly, it's a it's an old boys club. 99% of bourbon in America is made probably by eight to 11 distilleries. Wow. So it's a really small world. Yeah. So I think the toughest thing is really that sort of complexity and sort of vague information that's out there about getting started. Um, the location in Philly, you have to be in an industrial space to open a distillery. So it's, it's pretty limited. That's why you see almost everyone in Kensington. Francisco, what was it like getting started as one of the nation's only Latino owned Mm -hmm. distillery? What has your experience been like and have people been willing to give you advice? Yeah, so it's definitely the first Latino owned distillery in Philly. It's probably the first Latino owned distillery in Pennsylvania. And honestly, I've never even heard of, tried Googling it. I haven't seen any other in the country, but I'm not going to say that it's the only one in the country just Mm because I don't know. You know, you'll find tequila brands from Mexico rum brands from the Caribbean, but American-wise, you can't find anything. And the thing is, based on some articles out there, the first Black-owned distillery didn't start till 2011. And so I think, you know, in terms of... Yeah, in terms of the diversity, I don't know that it has shown a difference to me yet in terms of the industry, but it's because I'm so small, right? I haven't had to deal with national distributors and things like that to really know if there's any sort of, let's call it a bias. But in terms of getting to know people and and getting advice, I've gotten to sort of know people that are at that scale. Like I, I haven't tried to reach out to like Philadelphia Distilling or New Liberty. They're just kind of at a different scale. I've sort of stuck to folks that are at my level in terms of advice but a lot of it you really have to figure out on your own. What is the advantage to being in the spirit business in Philadelphia where we're a city that's kind of really into spirits, spears, and other things? Like this is a place where you can have Mm -hmm. intellectual conversations about this kind of stuff. Like, is it an advantage to be here? You know, I think big cities, diverse populations, big media market. I've been super fortunate to get a few articles written about me, which obviously helps sales when you're starting out because you don't have any money for advertising. In terms of spirits interest in Philly, I think there's a lot of room to grow. We see distilleries from Pennsylvania, you know, open up stores in Philly, but there's actually only about five distilleries from Philadelphia, like licensed to operate in Philadelphia. So there's room to grow and that's exciting. That's a good thing to be a part of. So now can you tell us how to decide if a whiskey is good or not? Uh, <laughs> just mine. No, I mean, you don't no have way. to decide. What makes yours taste differently? Sure. Because I want to have this intellectual palate. But I don't. Sure. Well, you know what I tell people when they ask <laughs> But I that? don't. What I tell people when they ask me that is whatever whiskey you like, whatever tastes good to you is, is good whiskey. Yeah. Uh-huh. I really do believe that. Sure, there's definitely some stuff that they cut corners on. But it's not necessarily you get what you pay for in whiskey. I I think there are some really good whiskeys that are affordable. And there are some, of course, some really good ones that are expensive. 
what makes my whiskey good and special, I would say it could not get more handcrafted. I mean, I am cooking the grains myself. I am fermenting them myself. I'm filtering them, obviously distilling everything myself. I'm bottling it, labeling it, capping it, sealing it, delivering it. So for every like event you're invited to or dinner party, when you ask someone, (laughs) what should I bring is the first answer. You should already know. (laughs) You should bring some Strivers Row. And Francisco, are you available in stores around town? Like where else can folks get the Strivers Row? I am not. So the operation is so small right now. I have to do every transaction myself. So everything's direct to consumer right now. But when I get bigger in the new space, I will obviously have to sort of spread out. And that does mean getting into fine wine and spirits, more bars. If you want to try it, you can go to Mural City Cellars. They're the only people that carry it as a pour for me right now. But in nice. terms of picking up a bottle, it has to be through my website. So it's easier to do the pour than to actually be in stores. Well, yeah, you know, fine wine and spirits, it's a big buyer. They're going to want yeah. a lot of cases. They're really helpful to small producers. They would let me enter That's 10 good stores. To hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you have to sell. So in, in a few months, they're going to evaluate. And if your sales are not up to what they expect, then they might pull you off the shelves. Oh, oh no. Yeah. There's a right? fight for shelf space, though. I mean, it's oh, like it's, there's like so many boxes and end caps. It's like hard mm-hmm. to even get around. Where can we find... You're with sure. Instagram, Strivers Row Distillery. Website is also striversrowdistillery.com. What's your reach goal here? Yeah. Honestly, I want to build a really big business. I hope someday it's distributed internationally in every state. And I'm in the Dominican Republic right now because of family and some rest, but I would love to be here. Okay, Purr's new fire potato chips and cheese curls, they are spicy. Whew, they're hot as snacks yet. Hold on. Whew. But you know, it's not just heat. There's some nice, sweet, and savory stuff going on, too. Ooh, there's that heat again. It burns, but it burns so tasty. Ooh, that's hot. Find Hearst Fire Snacks at your store today. Whew. Taste the flavor, feel the heat, break out the Hearst. <laughs> Martinez is hot off a 12-year run at the top financial management firm, Vanguard, I know it well, and is ready to change course to use her knowledge and expertise for good in her community. After devoting 23 years to law, human services, and government in southeastern Pennsylvania, Alba is excited to set sail on two new adventures in 2021 that fuel two of her passions, the financial wellness of women and minorities and Latin arts. Her newly released salsa song, La Guagua 47, I cannot wait to talk about this, is a testimony to the 47 bus route that took her home to Fifth and Lehigh in 1985 and changed her life. Based on your background, you're definitely into civic engagement, raising awareness for voices that go unheard, but what made you write this song? Well, music is something that has been in my life since I was a little kid. And like so many of us do, when I started taking my career very seriously, I put my creative dreams aside, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm 58 years old now. So I left music when I was 21, 22. And then I would say around six years ago, it just came rushing back this desire to reconnect with music. And at that stage in my life, I decided that the way that I wanted that to manifest was through songwriting.
an autobiographical song about my arrival to the city in 1985. And it's a very, very true story. What's interesting, though, is that for a lot of people that have listened to the song, they can relate to the story because even though it's my story of coming to the city as a newcomer and not knowing anybody and finding home, it's a story that I think is very, very common among Latinos, you know, because we move. Yeah. A lot. When you came in 85, where were you coming from? I was born and raised in Puerto Rico and I moved to D.C. to go to law school at the age of 19. And then after I finished law school, I wanted to work in a city and I wanted to work in a city that had racial and ethnic diversity. And I wanted to work in an urban area. So I came to Philly as a new lawyer for community legal services. But I knew nobody, not one individual. So I came literally to the city alone. I knew a couple of people that knew people and they told me there isn't one here. We don't know. And so the story was about that journey. And literally one day I got a phone book and I looked in the blue pages and there was a list of Latino agencies. And I started calling one by one. And the first one I called was Taller Puerto Riqueño Cultural Center. Yes. And so I somebody picked up the phone. His name is Luis Hernandez. He's still a friend. And he said, Nena, which means girl, Nena, run to Fifth Street and get on the 47 bus and rush right over here and get off at Lehigh, blah, blah, blah. And I ran. He made it sound so urgent. And it, it was urgent to me. And so when I got on that bus, it changed my life. That one bus ride changed my life. And my connection to that community started that day with that phone call. And I, th- I found it disturbing that a lot of people that I had talked to before did not know where the community was. And so this song is about the loneliness. It's also a commentary on the fact that that community was invisible. It's also a commentary. And I say in the song that at that time, Google didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't know something, the only way to find out is asking people, you know, and kind of running around doing research. So that's what it's about. Connected to that, I've launched a music project called Ritmo Lab, Rhythm Lab, designed to bring different musicians together to tell stories about the Latino experience through rhythm, through words, through music. So it's a record label, if you will, but it's a it's a storytelling record label. P.S. The song is a party. It rocks. Where can you find thank it? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, the song is on Spotify, on YouTube, and it's also on our website, which is readmolab, R-A-T-M-O-L-A-B dot com. And we are going to continue to uh, release songs and develop projects. I love that. What are some of your favorite places along the route for Bus 47? Well, starting obviously with South Philly, that's become unbelievably interesting. What I love about the 47 is that it runs through a number of different ethnic neighborhoods. It cuts through Latino neighborhoods, more traditional Italian neighborhoods, at least close to it, Vietnamese neighborhoods, other Asian community neighborhoods. Of course, runs through Center City, right, the historical part. And then it moves into the Latino community. And the Latino community has changed a lot since 1985. So it used to be predominantly Puerto Rican back then. But now it's Puerto Rican, Dominican, Mexican, Honduran, Salvadorian. It's really beautiful. So my favorite places in the South, I would say there's an enormous amount of great places to eat, Asian and Latino and Italian. But I'll say, you know, there's a Mexican place called Barbacoa, not too far from Fifth Street. That's fabulous. There's one that we like uh, that's called Blue Corn Restaurant. That's really fabulous. So those are two. But I also like there's a store down there. It's a botanica. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a religious store where they sell all the candles Candles. and all Mm -hmm. the spiritual stuff. And I find botanicas fascinating. I don't necessarily practice that as a religion, but I love the feeling, right? The ambience. Mm -hmm. And as you move north, 
I love Taya, Puerto Riqueño, the cultural center. Absolutely. Really, really special place. It's absolutely a landmark, not just in the Latino community, but in the city. It's a must-visit place. Centro Musical is a music store that's been there over 30 years. And then up north, there's, I mean, there's a lot of really good food, but there's a restaurant mm. called Tierra Colombiana. Have you guys That's ever my been favorite. to Tierra Colombiana? I've been, yep. It is my favorite. They make the best and biggest drinks. That's an Bye. institution. <laughs> that, you're right. You could be hopping on and off of that bus and yeah. never stop finding interesting places, I have to say. I'm fascinated with that area and the history. Have you ever found out, like, the history of that area and why Fifth Street? So the Latino community, when it first moved to the city, it was a spring garden area. 18th, 19th of Spring Garden was kind of the core because of the working patterns of Latinos. There were a lot of uh, manufacturing plants on Fifth Street. And you can see that a a lot of them have now converted to condos. And then as the economy changed and the manufacturing left, it became an increasingly poor community, which there's a lot of also economic challenges in that neighborhood. And as you see, as you move farther north, the rate of home ownership increases. You see that now Hunting Park at some point became Latino and then the lower Northeast became Latino. And so the Latino community just keeps moving upward. The thing about Hispanic Heritage Month is it's really a compilation of a lot of celebrations. A lot of countries and cultures. How do people get involved? How do they learn more? How do they taste it? For people that aren't as familiar with the Latino community, September is probably a good month to go and eat some Latin food, which is incredibly diverse. And Philly has one of the best Latin food scenes that you can find. I think that food is a bridge to a lot of things, right? It's a bridge to learning about new cultures. It's a bridge to building community, to reconciliation, to so much. And then the other thing I would recommend is that people experience different kinds of cultural offerings that happen in Philly. For example, the Latino Film Festival is one of the best film festivals that celebrate the Latino. We love it. Shout out to Maggie. Shout out to Maggie. Yeah, everybody needs to seek that out. Yeah, keep it on the show. Unbelievable. Yeah, Marangeli, a dear friend. And now there's another community organization called Esperanza that put a new events venue out in the community. Yeah. And so, again, there's just a lot to do. So I would say, Justin, it's not just about September. You know what I'm saying? The other interesting thing about what I call Latinidad, Latin culture, is that it transcends race, right? I mean, there are Black Latinos. There are white Latinos. There are Chinese Venezuelans. There are Hawaiian Puerto Ricans. We are so mixed that when we talk about Latino culture, we're really talking about something that connects everything to everybody, even politically. Sometimes people say, well, how can there be conservative Latinos? Shouldn't they all be progressives? Like, no, because there is no such thing as one Latino. When we say celebrate Latinidad or celebrate Latin culture, it's really immersing ourselves in difference. Immerse yourself in it. Which is beautiful. That is powerful. And that means something. And so it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But to me, a community means that you don't have to have an individual name that's part of something to feel you can belong to something. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I'm ready for a party. (laughs) So you can find us on Instagram at lovegritphilly and we'd appreciate you if you would review us and rate us wherever you're listening to us because then more people can hear about us 
and hear about the city of Philadelphia and what great things are going on here and why you want to visit. Hey, Justin, can I please tell everybody one thing? Please. Yeah. You're welcome, because we put them onto some new stuff and they're really feeling it. I just wanted to tell them, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Thanks, party guys. people. 